Welcome to Steady State Podcast, your rowing fix where the water's always flat, the catches are clean, and you can always hear the coxswain. We're Rachel Friedman and Tara Morgan, and this is Steady State Podcast. Sit ready. Thanks to everyone who listened to our last episode with Anchorage Rowing Association. Situated on beautiful Sand Lake, ARA's seasonal coaching staff deals with float planes, moose, and 19 hours of sunlight in the summer. And being more than 2,000 miles from the lower 48 means getting new boats and parts is a challenge, so caring for the fleet is a labor of love. If you missed it or any of our episodes, listen anytime at steadystatenetwork.com slash podcast or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, would you leave us a review? When you do, it helps our podcast get noticed and reach more ears. In the early months of the COVID-19 pandemic, when it was clear that the 2020 rowing season was in jeopardy, we started brainstorming. We were just two masters rowers and coaches who wanted to celebrate the very expansive array of rowers, coaches, and coxswains, and savor real-life experience from launch to cock seat at every level. We launched Steady State Network in September 2020 with one goal, reframe the popular yet limited narrative about rowing culture. In this first anniversary special episode, we look back at developing and growing Steady State Network, especially producing this podcast and establishing the Changemaker Scholarship Initiative. We also go unscripted to talk about our own experiences as rowers and coaches. Hey, Rachel. Hi, Tara. Good morning. How are you? I'm pretty darn good today. It's Friday. It is sunny. And we're celebrating our first anniversary. I can't Yay! So happy anniversary. I can't believe it. Um, and by anniversary, what do we mean? So a year ago in June, you and I had met online through some Facebook group, rowing related, obviously. And we started chatting online. And then we said, you know what, maybe we should actually like talk to each other. (laughs) And everyone was Zooming and it was a new thing. So we decided to Zoom. So we had a Zoom meeting in June of 2020. And that is when the ideas started bubbling. And and I think what was so funny about that was uh, I've only met a couple people in the rowing community in my lifetime um, who love blathering on about every aspect of rowing as much as I do. And, and, you know, I've, I've looked for confidants and, and like-minded folks. Um, but people seem to have some sort of natural threshold for yes. rowing. Uh, but I think we managed to, uh, find each other at the perfect time, you know, during COVID and yeah. during lockdown. And I know that we also like to talk about the same things about rowing. Like we're both coaches. Yeah. Uh, we're both masters rowers. We yeah. both, um, I mean, I learned as a, as a junior, but I really attribute my, ma- my rowing lifetime to be in my master's, uh, time. Uh, and we have a lot of similarities in that way. Let's talk about what we've done. I mean, it's been oh, kind yeah. of an incredible year. Of course we've started it in lockdown and now we're coming out of lockdown, which has yeah. been fun to be part of that 
process. I mean, I put fun in air quotes. So back in June, we started talking about what we wanted to do and and what we thought we could create, uh, what sort of environment and, and network we could create uh, around rowing. And the first thing that we implemented was our website, which went live in September of 2020. Uh, and Which is gorgeous, was- by the way. Thanks. I got a little bit of work to do on it. It's one of those things like it just constantly needs attention and care. And um, just like any good brand, you want to keep uh, keep nurturing it. So I'm going to keep working on it. But uh, that was the first thing that kind of launched us into the rowing universe to say, hey, we're out there. And we really wanted to find, um, uh, you know, other like minded folks who are, um, you know, love rowing, work hard uh, as rowers, coaches, and coxswains, but maybe weren't the folks that were wearing blazers around regattas or folks that were going to the Charles and winning. Although those people have amazing stories to tell, and we've met lots of them as well in the last year. So uh, the website was like our launching point to, to say, this is who we are. Let's get running with it. And then quickly after that, we we're pretty lucky. We found a small following of folks that have become kind of our ambassadors, which I think is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And they come from all over the world, which is yeah. uh, even better. You know, we were really at the beginning, we were really like, we, we can't keep this to the U S there are so many cool things happening around the world and, and talking to rowers and coaches and coxswains from around the world and not just being U um, S centric. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've got a great little, uh, little ambassadorship group. Yeah. And one thing led to another and we put together a weekly e-newsletter that goes out every Wednesday, like no spam. We're not, you know, getting in people's inboxes every day, but we do a little newsletter every week. We've got about 200 recipients at this point. Uh, and if you're listening and you want to get that newsletter, you can go to steadystatenetwork.com and look, scroll down to the bottom of the homepage. Super simple. Just uh, plug in your name and hit submit. And you'll get our newsletter once a week. And that's um, to update folks on like, all of a sudden we're doing all these events. <laughs> you know, I think the, yeah. newsletter, the newsletter started and I was like, what am I going to put in this thing? And now we're, we have things to put in the newsletter. <laughs> yeah. A lot of things uh, like, uh, well, last year, you know, what's really important uh, to us is inclusion in the scope of coaching education. Yeah. Um, and inclusion was a big topic last year, also on the uh, racial equity front, as well as, for me, with my work with Seize the Or on the ability front, and we all want to be better at what we do uh, for the coaching side of things. Uh, so we introduced something called the Inclusive Coaching Summit, which was, I think, really fun to do. Um, it was fun to find speakers and go through that process and and brainstorm ideas about sessions and see what people really wanted out of it. So we had about 45 participants with that event. Um, and that was, uh, just really lovely just to get everybody together. I think people really missed seeing each other as well. Yeah, I agree. And also we just hit the ground running. We're like, let's make this happen. So within a month of us launching the website in September, we were, we were going for this summit and we just started marketing it and pushing it out to folks that we knew. And I had no idea what sort of participation we would get. We had an intimate group of like 45 participants and it worked out great. Yeah, they were totally bought in. I mean, they were really uh, the ones that wanted the education and had the time to dedicate 
And I think it worked out for the best. Yeah, I agree. I'm really looking forward to uh, doing it again this fall. And now that we've you know, kind of established ourselves as a media organization and you and I know each other better and we know kind of who our audience is. And I just think that we can put together an even better, an even better summit for 2021. So stay for that in the fall. One thing that we agreed on from the very beginning was that we loved being on rowing teams. You know, we were not single sculler types who had our own boat and car topped our boats to the lake and put them out. We liked going to the boathouse with 40 to a hundred other people yeah. and being put into eights and, and going to regattas with, you know, entourages and food tents and, you know, all the whole thing. And what we really missed was just that uh, team atmosphere. And that really wasn't happening during COVID. So yeah. one of the big parts of that is after rowing coffee, and so we decided to create Coffee Chat, and that's been every Friday since December of 2020. And that's just been hilarious because we just basically shoot the shit about rowing and about life and about what's going on, just as if we were sitting in a coffee shop in our sweaty, gross trow and yeah. blisters and, you know, chewing on our calluses, yeah. <laughs> as you like to do. Yeah, yeah, chewing on calluses. <laughs> And now you're absolutely right. I think one thing that's a little bit ironic is that although it's a catchy title, Coffee Chat, neither one of us actually drinks coffee. Um, but drop. but uh, but definitely, I you know I I I do miss those mornings where I'd get off the water with my crew, and then we'd all hop in our cars, hop on our bikes, whatever, and head over to the local coffee shop, and we'd sit. We specifically, I remember sitting uh, in really good weather, we'd sit outside on the corner and a table, couple of tables. And all of a sudden it was like nine o'clock and we were like, maybe we should go to work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I know we had people who had to set alarms yeah. at coffee after practice because they were like, no, really, I have to go. My kid needs to get to school or my, yeah. you know, something needs to happen. Um, yeah. But I love the casual nature of it. And what's been fun is that we've done it on Facebook Live. And so our fans on Facebook and listeners on Facebook have been joining us. And so it's yeah. become a very engaged conversation. It's not just you and I anymore. It's yeah. it's become a lot of people uh, chiming in from all over the world too. People from England. Um, yeah. And I love, we have some regulars, you know, they're like, they're becoming friends of ours, even though we have not had the chance to see them face to face, you yeah. know, you know, somebody from Chicago chimes in. We're like, Oh, Michael, nice to see you again this week, you know? And yeah. so it's fun to be building that network, knowing that someday we're going to be back at regattas and hopefully bumping into some of these people. Um, and I love, you know, when people ask questions, when they um, chime in about what's going on in their rowing week, uh, and, you know, it gives me an excuse every Friday to just like slow down and, um, shoot the shit with you and some other folks about rowing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And I think out of that came some great ideas. You know, when we just sit around and shoot the shit, we're like, Hey, what if we did this? Hey, what if we, um, uh, offered this or that, or we had this person on it. And sometimes it gets us guests for the podcast and sometimes it's, um, just good ideas come out of it. And one of those, I think, was the Changemaker Scholarship Initiative, where we offer scholarships to uh, U.S. Rowing Conference and the You Can Row to Indoor Rowing Certification. And we have given 
how many now we've given well let's see with the conference it was eight and with you can row indoor rowing certification this year i want to say four three or four more with plans for a couple more for their september certification yeah and what i loved about it is they're they're all sorts of people they're newer rowers they're very seasoned rowers they're people who want to start coaching. They are coaches who have a little bit of experience, but just started a, an organization or a club. One thing that was important to us when we were defining what a change maker was, was that it was not age specific, right? Yeah. It wasn't level specific. It wasn't yeah. a beginner coach. It wasn't a young coach. It was basically anyone who had a vision for how rowing could be better and how their participation in rowing could be better. So that time sometimes is, you know, the empty nester coming out of learn to row who decides they want to, you know, learn to be a, a you can row to instructor or a coach that's starting their own club after, you know, a number of years of being in the community and going to the U.S. rowing conference and networking and meeting people. So I've really liked that it's not age specific or, or level specific. It's just, if you've got a vision, if you've got an idea, if you've got strong uh, visions about what the rowing could be, especially an in inclusion, um, come on down. I also just wanted to say one follow-up. I was thinking about this the other day, you know, so especially with our um, change makers from the U.S. Rowing Conference last year, now we've had several months to, you know, be in touch with them and follow up with them and see what they're up to. And both Ash Pryor and Tamara Clayton, who are two of our scholarship recipients, um, are involved with U.S. Rowing's Olympic Development Camp now as coaches. That is, that's huge. insane. That's insane. I mean, and I like to think that maybe we got helped get them on a radar of some yes. kind, you know, we, or we at least elevated their uh, profiles because yeah. I know that they're both very smart I and mean, yeah. we will never take any credit for, for any of that, but Hey, you know, they were on our podcast like three times, their names were out there like a bunch. So it's just more media and more awesomeness. Um, to get them uh, to those opportunities. Who knows? You know, Who knows? I, I don't care how we played a part, if we played a part, but damn, those girls are on fire. And yeah, they are. I and um, I'm so, I'm so proud of them. It's so cool. Uh, okay. So we've done these, these scholarships, which are amazing. And we've had some really good partners involved as well uh, with that. Then in January of this year. Oh, uh, Yes. I was telling you how much I loved this event at our indoor rowing championships called the hour of power. Yeah. And I was like, what if we did an hour of power yeah. on zoom ergos, yeah. which was the website from the guys in, in Britain, yeah. not many U S coaches were doing anything on zoom ergos. And we decided to do an hour of power or a steady state hour because yeah. we are steady state. So, Hey, come and steady state for an hour. Yeah. So I have to admit, going into it, I was a little nervous because you sounded really excited about an hour. And I know we've talked about this a little bit before, but I have had a love-hate relationship with the hour on the ERG. And I wasn't quite sure where I was going to be mentally when we started in January. I thought this could go badly. Like, I'm just, I'm not going to enjoy this at all. <laughs> but uh, we figured out a system that I've really enjoyed where we break the hour up into five minute increments. You lead for five minutes. I lead for five minutes. It's queuing. Um, we tell a little story and it gets us through the hour 
F-bombs. There's F-bombs. There are F-bombs dropped. And then, then we do like a little chat afterwards with people who are there. And <clears throat> it has completely changed my philosophy on the hour. Uh, at least for Yay. now. I'm still at the top of the roller coaster right now. I haven't bottomed out again, so that's feeling pretty good. Um, but I'm really thankful for ZoomErgos.com uh, for offering us this platform to reach people really around the world. For us, we've got a small intimate group of folks that like to join us every week. And this is the same as like what we were finding with Coffee Chat and our newsletter, where maybe we don't have a gazillion people with us right now, but that small intimacy is really helping us develop awesome networks and friendships and get some good conversations going about all sorts of rowing related stuff. So- and. Uh, and when we get at the end of the show or end of the workout and we're like, where's everybody from? We're like, Bangladesh? Yeah, like, a couple of weeks ago, a guy from how, Bangladesh joined us. Yeah, like Bangladesh and UK and DC, Washington, D.C., where you are, and sometimes West Coast, where I am, yeah. and Canada. I mean, it's crazy. Like, yeah. how do these, I don't know, it's just been, it's been one of those things that I think only out of a pandemic would we have seen. Yeah. yeah. Right? And, anyway. and actually, I actually love some of the stories that we've heard from folks because everybody comes to Steady State uh, Sundays with something totally different in mind. Um, some people are training for something. Some people are, you know, making that hour a part of a half marathon that day. Uh, some people haven't done an hour in 20 years and don't know if they can finish it. Uh, we heard from a woman who has now become a regular who has Parkinson's and she's working on, you know, body awareness and body control. We've had mm -hmm. adaptive athletes join us. We've had adaptive athletes join us and um, row some of it and then get on a, on a cycle for uh, the other half or something like that. Yeah. And we've had um, guest coaches come yeah. on, uh, yeah. Lisa Wise from Rower's Dream and Martha from Cat Row Fit and... Uh, sometimes I've taken it solo or you've taken it solo or um, just it's just been such a nice combination of things. And um, I really enjoyed the people who after the after the hour is over who go, I didn't think I could do an hour. Well, I don't want to forget that we also have a group of people who joined us along the way as part mm -hmm. of our Patreon community. We do love these people a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I are are self-employed entrepreneurs in every aspect of our lives. Uh, we're not people who have full-time jobs. We're both hustlers. We're both yeah. always working, um, which is why we could do this. You know, we, we had the time yeah. to do this. And um, as, as much as I think we'd like this to be, you know, a bigger aspect of our uh, financial picture, you know, so that we could do this and, and feel really compensated a hundred percent of the time. I mean, that's a big goal. But so, yeah you know, it's a, it's a multi-year goal. Yeah. We still love those Patreons who just jumped on board like right away. Yeah. Um, and what a great show of support from the community. So thank you to our Patreon. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Steady State Network and on Twitter at Steady State Row. Sign up for our e-newsletter and become a patron at SteadyStateNetwork.com. In two, we're back to our first anniversary special. That's one, two. 
And then, of course, the biggest thing that we've done, which I think has oh. been probably the most fun, is this, the podcast. The podcast. Amazing. I know it's been a learning process, both on the production end, but also figuring out the editing, figuring out the sound, figuring out the music and the interludes and, and our guests and figuring yeah. out what you and I want to be as, um, as the hosts and how we mm -hmm. interact and how we interact with the guests and finding the story behind every rower, coach, or coxswain has been uh, a ton of fun, actually. And it's funny how we start when we started talking, uh, people should know we have this massive spreadsheet that we refer to every once in a while, yes. but it's this massive spreadsheet called the idea generator. And it's yeah. just, it's just pages uh, of names and on topics that we wanted to talk about and things that we thought were funny or things we thought we were interesting. And we often will go back to that uh, to try and rustle up some ideas for upcoming podcasts. Guest management is a whole sphere of, of production that we didn't know about, you know, I mean, how long were we doing the podcast before we realized people needed to sign a release for a release? And then maybe we would need a release for minors that, Oh my God. The first time we had an under 18, I was like, Oh, maybe we should ask their mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, Maybe well, there's a lot that's been interesting about the podcast, but there's always like something that happens in an interview where there's just an answer that surprises me, you mm -hmm. know, um, like, oh, I didn't see that coming or, uh, or it, it surprised me. And then I'm really glad that that happened because it just opened up a whole new conversation I wasn't expecting to be having, Right. Um, which actually just happened earlier this week. We were interviewing, um, a scholar Napoleon Griffin for an upcoming episode. And we knew coming into the conversation that he was a cancer survivor. What we didn't know was that he was a breast cancer survivor. And so that opened up a really interesting discussion about male breast cancer, which right. who knew that conversation was gonna happen that day. Um, but to be able to have that conversation and bring it to our audience, I feel pretty good about that. He just had such a style of presentation. Yeah. Um, very thoughtful. Uh, I think people will be pleasantly like surprised and just find it wonderfully inspiring uh, his story, but also just his message about stigma and about getting that out into the world and, and having a conversation about that. But he is just like every other guest that we've had where we were looking for people who were regular everyday real life rowers is what we say. And we wanted to hear their backstories because mm -hmm. nothing is more exciting to me than a rower who's been in rowing for three or four years as a master, um, maybe serves on the board, came through, learned to row yeah. and is just super excited about rowing. Yeah. And I think that Kim Morris from Anchorage Rowing Club yeah. really fit that bill yeah. For me, but also um, when we've done our small club spotlights, you know, with Halifax, there was someone at the Halifax roundtable uh, for that episode that was really fired up, brand new rower. But every episode we've had these real life rower moments, you know, of when was the first time you put an oar in your hand? Like yeah. what? And, and how exciting it was. Like some, everyone always has some memory of one of those early days in a boat and just being struck like this is something I need to keep doing <laughs> and it's a different reason for everyone yeah and it's been fun to hear so many 
stories, but I bet if anyone sat down and we asked the same questions to everyone, how's yeah. your rowing week? And tell us your rowing origin story. And yeah. then it goes from there. You know, yeah. usually that's topic specific from there. But I think if someone did like a data analysis of everyone's answers of the rowing origin story and what got them hooked. Yeah. There's, I think you would have like, a, you know, those word clouds that yeah. you do. Like <laughs> we should do a word cloud just of that part of the podcast. And it's yeah. always something like uh, intoxicating, addictive. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of like drug addiction language, you hooked, yeah. you know, there's um, that feeling of flying, the feeling of the swing, being mm -hmm. on the swing, the and jolly. Also competition. Competition is a big mm -hmm. one for folks. They were competitive previously in another sport or they weren't. And then they found that they were competitive. They got in the boat and they're like, oh my God, I can go fast. <laughs> you know? Right. Or, or you have a very similar story with masters women who maybe did not compete and did not participate in team or coached sports most of their lives yeah. for various reasons found rowing and then the the beast mode is turned on and yeah. they're like oh i'm a competitor yeah and they find that competitive um nature i think that covid when we've talked to people during covid it's been a little bittersweet because a lot of people hadn't been on the water or had been trying sculling or had been out in their single or um, the rowing community had really changed but it was also this people were flying the flag of rowing the whole year there was yeah. no changing there was no changing course um people were like we're going back and we're gonna be you know back to where we were yeah so that's a perfect segue because we are getting back on the water lots of clubs are back on the water uh small boats big boats people are starting to talk about racing and i know for weeks and weeks and weeks when you and i would check in on coffee chat and ask how is your rowing week going it was like well i got on the erg three times this week but that's starting to change so how's your rowing week going well I have some huge news. What? And that is that my friend Cooper, who's 13, yeah. started his first crew camp on Monday this week. <laughs> awesome. And I it's been fun to watch his wavering levels of excitement, we'll say, uh, because he came to us last night and showed us his little bruised knuckles oh, is from, learning, from learning to skull Yeah, and caused great concern. And I said, you know what? It is just part of the process. I said, now you won't, mm -hmm. right? When that bruise is there, that's when you start to avoid hitting your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's been really interesting to drop him off at the boathouse and see the excitement and see the kids and... I, uh, I have always had this wish to take the photo of the kid on their first day of rowing camp and then take it when they graduate from high school, you know, yeah. and they're usually like seven inches taller, yeah. and, you know, they're these rowers who knows if it'll stick. He's doing it next week also, okay. um, for another week, but, uh, I'm super excited to just be passing that on. And I, he did come home from camp the other day and say, 
maybe we could take the double out. Ooh, good. Yeah. And I said, I said, better yet, how about I take you and your friend Oscar and you guys row the double and I will kayak next to you and I will oh, help that's you. That's a great idea. Even if he just gives it a shot, you know, it, it's there in the back of his mind. It's something that he's done and he can say that he's done. And um, yeah. What about you? Uh, this week, um, kind of all the days are blending together, but generally in the last week, I've been able to get out in some women, uh, women's four and women's eight. Whoa. Yeah. The four was excellent. I, I, uh, moving from women's eights into a women's four, like who knows what the coach's reasonings were, but like at that point, if a coach puts you in your four, you assume that they trust you right in a four. So that felt right. really good. Um, I rode three seat in the four. And then last night I got the opportunity to Cox for the first time in a couple of years. And um, it was kind of funny because, you know, I've I've rejoined Capital Rowing Club, which is where I learned to row, but I have not been with them in about 10 years. So people don't really know who I am. So I got on the water and I was like, I told the coaches, I was like, I've been on this course a so like you don't need to worry about me (laughs) but I also wanted to be humble and say like if there's anything you need me to do just you know tell me like if I'm taking a course you don't want me to take tell me right Um, so anyway first time coxing a long time um the steering went great all the basics went great and we were doing five by five minute pieces with interval with uh, excuse me with um rating changes Mm -hmm. and uh, somewhere along the way I was like okay, I know I have more than three things to say. I just can't quite figure it out right now. <laughs> so it was it was definitely one of those like humbling moments. Like I've been at this for 20 years and I've done a lot of coaching. So like a lot of my philosophy last night was about coaching and like technique stuff. But I realized like I really need to hammer in on like the motivational part of coxing. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that's going to be my big thing to work on this season, really. And I have to admit, it's never been my strong suit. I've got to be a little bit better about the men mental piece of it besides working hard you know and saying okay adjust your hand levels and we're gonna go hard for the next three like there needs to be something in there that's like get into their brains and figure out what the motivation is so yeah that was was a good reminder for me last night especially um a post-covid brain you know they're probably not used to working in sync with groups right like just that just that, I mean, of course, muscle memory will be uh, kicking in, but hopefully people haven't developed some bad habits, you know, over, over uh, the course of the year and have been uh, staying students of the sport. You know? Yeah, exactly. And the one thing that is interesting about this particular program I'm in is basically the coaches have hit the ground running. It almost feels like they've skipped the first three months of the season and just started us to get ready for like sprint season, mm-hmm. like three months in. So, you know, ratings up a little higher, longer pieces. And just what I, what I actually kind of appreciate about it is that there's this assumption that we have stayed with it. Like we have done something physically active the last year <laughs> and that we're mm-hmm. ready for the work that they're giving us. Whereas I think if I were to have approached it as a coach coming in, I'd probably like soften it up a little bit. Like, 
Okay, this takes more time for drills and let's build a little slower into it. And they're like, let's go. We're going to race in three weeks. <laughs> yeah. The, okay. So case in point, our coach, um, the first time an eight went out since November, 2019, the first time a mixed eight of ver- variety of abilities, uh, we did a head race piece. That's not so <laughs> at, at 18, just like, but still okay. it was like three and a half miles of rowing nonstop all eight. All eight, not even by like I probably would have been like sixes, you know. Let's do it, you know, take a pair out here and there. Uh uh-uh, uh, no. And it yeah. went awesome. Yeah, was a- you know, there, there's something that I that I'm learning to appreciate about that philosophy. It's taken me a really long time just because I think because I started coaching novices and we took a long time to make the, like help them feel comfortable and build ratings and take it to eights. On the other hand, there was a couple there were a couple years I coached high school students and they started in the fall and literally within like 3 to 4 weeks of the first practice they were head racing. And I thought this is crazy. Like how are they going to do this? The coxswain is 14 and doesn't know what they're doing and all they're going to do is catch crabs. But you know what? It's just putting the feet to the fire and saying go and you just do it. And there's something I think that's actually worthwhile. Well, I I have to agree with you. I have never been a trial by fire coach. Mm. Never. I do not like that cowboy atmosphere of rowing. I do not like it when I'm a coach and I'm expected to, or the expectation, like, uh, like being a coach and we could rant about this another time, but I, have seen other learn to row coaches that just literally throw people into situations. And then it's, I think it just creates a lot of tension that doesn't need to be there. I like to have rowing be a great time uh, with a big payoff of fitness and, and feeling successful. So anyway, off my soapbox about that, but I am not a child by fire coach. So if you, if you're a coach and you'd like to learn how to not be a child by fire coach, yeah, talk to us. (laughs) Talk to us. Well, we are uh, gonna do a few questions to each other uh, that you had, and then a rapid fire, and then we're gonna wrap it up. All right, Uh, Tara, I would like to know if you have one snippet of advice for brand new adult masters rowers. Good lord, Rachel. Okay, I would say connect with your teammates. I would say get out of your bubble because when you come to learn to row you are a self-propelling human who is very competent and very good at what you do in your little world create a cord between you and your teammates and the experience will be so much better both mechanically in the boat and just in terms of your own personal growth yeah okay uh my guest question for you is tell me a dream podcast guest oh Goodness. Okay. I I don't know if I can put a specific name on it, but I I would like to return to like some of the folks that were in my first, the first novice season that I coached. Oh, oh, yeah. Like an LTR reunion or like a reunion. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful year maybe I just had rose colored glasses on. I don't know, but I feel like that season went really well. 
by the end of the season, the group that was left was really tight. And a lot of them continued to row for several years. Yeah. And um, some of those rowers by the end of their first, like their first year, just as novices were technically advanced enough that they earned seats in our competitive boats for the head of the Charles. Yeah. I've had the same experience yeah. with learn to row graduates just propelling up the ladder. Like yeah. they came with great natural ability. Yeah. I think there was a combination of feeling nurtured and nurturing some natural ability yeah. and then just them feeling empowered. And I think when you are a coach, like I think you would the kind of coach I think you are is, you know, you're looking at technique and precision, but you're also a very empowering coach and you're finding them as people, you know, treating them as human beings. I want to ask you, what are three stops on our media tour? (laughs) Three stops on our media tour. I want to go to Wales and I want to meet Patricia Carswell face to face. Well, we got to go to Boston together. Yep. I would love to go to the head of Charles and like scream our heads off at the uh from the shore with you this is going to seem kind of out of left field probably for you but it's a place that i've been thinking about going which is sarasota florida and i would like to go to sarasota because they are starting to develop coastal rowing there Mm -hmm. and i think that would be an interesting spot for you and i to go to get some sunshine and some sand between our toes and get in a coastal double I'm in. And, and I was just thinking yesterday, I need to plan my February, 2022 winter escape trip. Yeah. So we'll see what's happening. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So my turn, something you wish all coaches knew or did. I wish that all coaches would think more expansively. Mm -hmm. And there's a few ways they could do that. Um, there's a lot of coaches who I think out of uh, a fear of seeming not credible, won't actually collaborate with their athletes. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of ways to collaborate with an athlete. There's asking them questions. There's trying new things. There's experimenting. And I think a lot of coaches are paid an hour at a city parks department program and they have an hour and a half to get 25 people on the water and you're just like go 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 or you have 200 juniors and you just need to get them to nationals or you just need to get them to this thing and I think there's that not everybody learns that way and not everybody can be coached that way Uh, at the elite level all the way down to a a junior novice uh, person I think there needs to be more of a a back and forth. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay. What are some, what's a taboo topic that we could have a whole podcast about? The like taboo thing that I'm thinking about was just when we were talking with Patricia Carswell about coxing and coxing commands and have some coxing commands. Holy again. cow. <laughs> I know. Dirty co- Okay. Dirty coxing commands. Well, I think it's actually interesting that you asked that. I don't know if this is so much taboo, but there are like a couple of things that I for some reason think are interesting to talk about but I've never quite like figured out the right venue for it and one of them is like something I learned the hard way as a very young rower which was do not wear white shirts while rowing (laughs) I got off the water one day and my coach was like Rachel and she put like her hands up to her nipples she was like Rachel you might want to change that white shirt (laughs) I was like oh I didn't think about that 
And think about that. Okay, oh. I think that also goes for a white trow for boys. Oh, white trow, yeah. <laughs> don't want to wear th- ladies. I think this phase might be over, but you don't want to wear thongs when you're rowing. Also, learn that the hard way. Or uh, or the see-through uh, Lululemon uh, t- yoga tights. Tights, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, but these aren't. I can't even. These aren't even things that like I want to do an episode on. It's just like random weird things. Or. Like- uh, yep. tr- tips and tricks for um for butt burn when you erg too much oh glide glide you body glide people yeah. body glide yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh oh or when you buy those print trow from jl from yeah. their bin at yeah. the regatta the regatta the big bin of trow discount bin yeah try it on and see what image is in your crotch because i've seen their galaxy one with a very ill-placed moon just like oh. look you know so try on the trow before you uh to see how it positions itself on your booty um anyway these are funny we should do that. Okay. Um, Tara, I got another question for you. So we often ask people their favorite coxswain command to give or to receive. I want you to dig back to your days of sweep rowing and tell me the, your least favorite coxswain command that you can remember hearing. I think it was like uh, focus 10 for tired legs. (laughs) I was like, you. It's interesting that you say that because <laughs> if I had to answer this question, I would also say something about the word tired. It drives me crazy when coxswains and especially coaches say, I know you're tired. Oh, I know you're tired, but stop. Don't, don't tell me that word. Just leave it out of your vocabulary when we're on the water. Or, or even like talking about the pain cave. Like, you don't know what I'm experiencing. Yeah. Like, don't talk to me about pain cave. Yeah. Like, just oh yeah tired (laughs) okay um we asked this of our guests uh best piece of coaching advice you've ever gotten i've ever gotten yeah or your favorite piece of coaching advice something that i've heard from several people including you which is this notion of being there for your rowers and being there for your rowers as more than just a coach and that having that dialogue with them is incredibly important and that dialogue can't just happen you know the first week of a season where you say hey nice to meet you tell me about you know you as a rower and what's going on in your life like you have to keep checking in with your rowers and make sure that they're doing okay and that they're enjoying the program, the training, the racing, whatever it is. Right. Because we can't just keep making assumptions um, that people are well and good with everything that we're doing. And um, it's, right. really, it's really easy to coach in a vacuum and just say, this is my plan. This is how I'm going to continue to do it. But we need to work in tandem, not only with our other coaches, but with the rowers in our program. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, the range between holistic coaching and my way or the highway coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you fall in that spectrum? Yeah. And I, like I said before, I think a lot of coaches fall into the, my, my way or the highway, uh, because they feel ill equipped, lack of skill, uh, lack of time, lack of financial compensation. Um, it's rare to find a full-time compensated coach out there who can sit and respond to 30 emails or, or do a survey out to their athletes and then 
take on the, the results of that survey. Mm-hmm. But there are ways on the everyday basis on the tarmac, at the boathouse, on the ramp, on the dock that you can be like, thumbs up, thumbs to the side, thumbs down. Yeah. How are you doing? Great. Um, and just make that a more holistic practice. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think that's what's going to come out of this is a, maybe a kinder, gentler coach, because I think the good ones are left after lots of layoffs and lots of uh, reorganizations. Okay. Uh, my question for you is going to be, how has rowing influenced your life off the water? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I think it's influenced pretty much everything. Uh, it's influenced my work ethic. It's influenced my sense of team and collaboration. It's and and all the messy bits too, like why it doesn't work. Um, I think that <clears throat> definitely to work hard, discipline, be team oriented. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I took away from it was know that you have a wake. I think that just really stuck with me. You know, I think that, that when I was young and, and spazzy and full of enthusiasm and a little bit misguided, perhaps, um, you know, just being a spaz at a regatta or something. Um, whereas at the time I probably thought I was being amazing and cute. Um, but I mean, I, I've been there too, you know, in my first few years, just having fun at regattas, which I think is super important, but also being like completely inappropriate with right. you know, flasks of alcohol and yeah. Being loud and just being <laughs> like a fool, you know? Yeah. And I don't think that that, I know that they, that this coach who said this to me and to the group meant it with love and meant it with compassion Uh, but also was like, stop bugging me, you know, like you're bugging me. (laughs) Um, But I've shared that piece of advice with kids, with uh, learn to row students, with colleagues. And also it helps me see that there are people in the world who don't know that they leave awake Mm -hmm. and I don't have to be caught up in their wake. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I have a choice more of a choice anyway not to get too deep but no um, that's what we're here for yeah yeah (laughs) we're here to bond and connect and (laughs) okay so i was thinking about uh the coaching advice bit you know i think this is interesting actually because you you have a couple of these like really important nuggets that you've hung on to from coaches yeah and I don't know if it's because my brain is a sieve <laughs> or what, but I, I don't, I don't really have things like that. I, you know, I have like technique, technique specific things. And I guess if, if I were to talk about, you know, advice that I received from coaches that really helped me on the water, it comes down to it comes down to, you know, owning my stroke, you know, that handle is my little piece of real estate. And that's a term I've used for a bunch of years now. Like I control that little piece of real estate and controlling that real estate helps set the boat and uh, helps me, you know, obviously get my blade in and out of the water, but from finish to catch, 
I have to control that blade. That is mine. That, that handle is mine. Um, and I can't let it go. That's something that stuck with me a lot. And the second piece of technique advice that has always stuck with me is row your stroke. Mm-hmm. Don't think that because the boat isn't set, you should start m- messing around. You know, uh, don't fall away from your rigor. Don't jam those hands up and down to try to fix things. Row your stroke the way you know is right and keep at it stroke after stroke after stroke. So that's all I got yeah. today. I, I, no, I, I think that's good. I think it's like, I think that, that there's always a, a fear with people who wrote eights. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a bunch of single scholars and an eight who have that kind of mentality and they take it to the, the nth degree where it doesn't make any sense anymore. It doesn't, not very team oriented, you know, yeah. like, um, if you have a single scholar and an eight type of person or someone who's single-minded, you know, and an eight. Um, but I like that idea of my compartment, my box, my sphere. Yeah. And just do the technique. Yeah. You know? And I think that's what I mean about like rowing your stroke. Obviously your stroke needs to be the stroke as everybody else's stroke. So within the confines of how you've been coached to row, hang on to what you know is right. Instead of saying, oh, man, the boat isn't set. So I'm going to do this really funky thing to try and help set it. Because I think that a lot of newer rowers will do that. Oh, the boat's yeah. not set. Jam your hands down, you know. No, no, no. Keep, you know, easy, easy now. <laughs> yeah, I had, a, I had a situation one time I watched uh, as a coach's assistant. Um, and this woman was trying. This was, she was in trying mode, right? You're in striving mode, trying mode. Yeah. And trying mode is a stressful place to be rather be. than just doing. Yeah. Right. And, and we would teach people, you know, um, legs, wait, legs, back, arms, arms, back, leg, legs, back, arms, arms, back, legs, legs, back, arms, arms, back, legs. But, you know, you don't want it to be too robotic. Yeah. But I remember this woman was really struggling and she was like in a quad or something. And she was, she started crying because oh. she kept getting feedback and it wasn't working. And she was, just being hard on herself and just being hard, hard, hard. And she's just reached the point of tears, you know, and she's just crying. And my coach said to her, just try something else. Mm -hmm. Like, she just was like, there are many doors through which you could go at this point, you know, and let's go through a different one than the struggle bus door. Yeah. yeah, You know, (laughs) It is interesting to be in that place. And I actually find, I find myself a little bit in that place uh, right now because I've rejoined a club, you know, that I haven't rode with in 12-ish years and their stroke is really different than I'm used to. And um, the first few practices, especially, it was like, oh, I really got to, I really have to work here. And I was pretty tense and the coach could see that. Um, But finally now after six or seven rows with the team, I think it's, it's coming together and I'm feeling more relaxed and I can tell that now that I've worked on this one thing, which is really the finish, everything else is feeling a little bit better too. And I, like you were saying, like opening the door, (laughs) get through it, move to the other side. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's all sorts of great life lessons that come with rowing and, you know, there's people who've made 
corporate trainings and motivational posters and stuff about how great rowing uh, is uh, for humanity. <laughs> yeah, it can really you know. change your life. Totally, totally. We're living right. proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey there, a quick favor. We're conducting an audience survey. We'd be really grateful if you could take a couple of minutes and answer the questions. Whether you've listened to just one episode or all of them, your opinion matters. To take the survey today, visit steadystatenetwork.com slash listener survey. Thanks. All right. So should we finish up with our rapid fire? Yes. Uh, okay. Scholar sweep. 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 Bow seat or stroke seat? No bow seat, of course. Stroke seat. Sprint race or head race? Head race. Sprint race. <laughs> For me. Uh, uni suit or tank and trowel? Uh, definitely the uni suit. I'm going to say uni for, for today. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to put one on right this moment, yes, I would yeah. say uni. Although, you know, I do say that, but I never wear them to practice. Ah, okay. There's a phenomenon. Who yeah. wears uni suits to practice? I've not, never seen that. Not too many people. Somehow it feels like at the master's level, it feels weird. Like, like you're yeah. trying to pose or something. And I, I, but I do prefer them. Hmm. Yes. Maybe, maybe I'll just have to wear a uni to my next practice and see how it goes. Oh, you'll probably feel like a pro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Favorite place to row? I'm going to say Mar St. Mary Lake on Salt Spring Island in Canada. Very, very small lake. Very small club, like two racks of boats. Mm -hmm. Just beautiful. What about you? I had the opportunity several years ago to row in Belgium Ooh. and it was for the out games. I went with DC strokes and it was just so out of my norm uh, that it really just floored me. And it wasn't like an, a particularly amazing venue, but I think it was like a man-made venue and straight shot like 2000 meters uh with some interesting challenges at one end for the race start they had the coxswains hold a rope that was hanging from a, a wire across nobody told me about that going into it and it was crazy. Well, that's another story. But then at the other end of the course, there were like dudes fishing and there was like an RC boat race happening and whatever. But it was just such a unique experience to be in Belgium rowing that I would say that so far, that's my favorite place. I've never been back. Uh, I think we need to do our world tour because yeah. we've heard about the venue in france yeah and we've heard about the uh venue remember the guys from south africa oh yeah told us about that place that yeah. place is amazing coffee before or after a row oh uh actually neither neither <laughs> neither for me uh for me it's uh after a row kind of no matter what time of day i tend to drink green tea cold green tea I didn't know it was green tea that you drank. Uh, yes. Normally when you and I get together, I'm drinking chai. 
but after, during and after a row, green tea. Okay, I'm English breakfast. Mm. Um, never Earl Grey, but English yeah. breakfast. Yeah. Um, and banana before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, first but that's thing. it. Yep, but that's it. If if it's head racing training or really at the end of a big training period, getting ready to go to regatta, I add uh, almond butter. Mm, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, for me, like every day, every day is a banana and peanut butter. I was thinking about it this morning. Like, it's not a morning without a banana and peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not. And then we have uh, on my old team, we had this uh, phenomenon called dash banana. And dash banana is when you drive to the boathouse and you leave your banana peel on your dashboard. Yeah. And then over time, you know, you wouldn't clean your dashboard. Like oh. you'd throw the banana peels away, but there'd always be this sort of like residue. So oh, I was banana. like, oh, you have dash banana, you know. Well, this has been super fun. Um, our first anniversary show, and I can't believe it's been a year and oh. some change now. It's amazing. It's been such a ride and um, it's been a ton of fun uh, spending so much time with you, Tara, and getting to meet so many people that we've had the opportunity to talk to this last year. Absolutely. And I can't wait to see what happens in the next year. Yeah. It just feels like we really hit on something great and we have uh, utmost thanks for everyone who listens and everyone who downloads and everyone who shares our content. Please keep doing that. And if you want to join us in another way. Uh, We'd love to have you talk to us about sponsorship or underwriting or being a patron or all that good stuff. Cause we're just two entrepreneurs making it happen. And we just love talking about rowing and we think you do too. Yeah. 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 And we've been, we've been really lucky that um, right from the get go, almost we had a awesomely powerful group of folks who, who came on board as our patrons and we just, really appreciate that help because those dollars have helped us put together the scholarship opportunities that we've offered um, over the last year. And we're looking to continue doing that. So, you know, when you become a patron, it's not like you're just paying for our coffee chats. You know, you're helping rowers and coaches become better rowers and coaches and become leaders. And um, we just really are thankful. Yeah, it's been important to us to pay it forward since day one. And we know that we're in now a larger media network of rowing podcasts and rowing media. Uh, But we want to keep offering unique opportunities and offering the opportunities to like be better coaches and be better rowers and be better people in the community. Um, So hopefully you can keep joining us. All right. Well, if you need any more information about Steady State Network, because you just can't get enough or didn't get enough from this episode, check us out at SteadyStateNetwork.com. To see photos of the faces behind Steady State Network, along with links to the people, clubs, and regattas mentioned in this episode, check out the show notes on our website. Steady State Network is interested in your story. If you've got something to share, email us at submissions at steadystatenetwork.com. Did you know that Steady State is more than a podcast? We've got virtual events happening every week that bring together the rowing community from across the country and around the world. Because we miss morning practices and really miss post-practice coffee with teammates, you're invited to join us for a 30-minute coffee chat every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Facebook Live. Grab your favorite mug and add your voice to the conversation. Looking for a weekend workout? 
Join us for Steady State Sundays every Sunday at 6.45 a.m. Pacific, 9.45 a.m. Eastern. During these free 60-minute Steady State ERG workouts, we provide cues throughout to keep you motivated. Arrive warmed up, work at your own pace, and stick around after to talk. Register at zoomergos.com. We're also a proud media sponsor of Seize the Oar Foundation. Seize the Oar champions inclusion in the sport of rowing through team training, outreach, and thought leadership. Learn more at seizetheoar.com. To find out more about any of our events and claim your spot in our lineup, visit steadystatenetwork.com events. In two, let it run. That's one, two, let it run.